are back and we're going to be doing another episode on something that we have chatted about a little bit before, but we'll be doing a little bit of a different angle on it. But as always, I'm Christoph, Paul. Paul's here too, kind of. Hello. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're both here this week. Uh, welcome back, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, we've talked about, in particular, mental health in the past. Um, actually, let me turn up my microphone here a little bit. There we go. Um, so we've talked about mental health in the past and something to, I wanted, you know, we wanted to address this week was like how, as far as mental health goes, what are our strategies or what have we seen people do in order to get through um, transition and plans, um, you know, going in the direction, because you can't put on muscle and take off fat necessarily at the same time. Uh, there are ways to do it, you know, illegally, but legally and naturally, there's no way to do it. So uh, going from one way of putting on fat and putting on muscle and then going in the direction of taking off fat, but also losing some muscle, how do you swap from one mentally to the other mentally? Uh, is an issue a lot of guys face and a lot of women face as well uh, because there's always a relationship there between uh, you know seeing progress in the direction that you want to go in but then having to switch it because you've gone far enough or you needed to change up the plan something like that uh, and and this kind of originated from uh, you know me coming out of prep me coming out of um, hitting shows to now putting on weight and putting on size, uh, which is fun. And I'm liking the food, I'm liking the training and all of that, but it is hard seeing definition disappear over time and, you know, gaining some fat and all of that. I've, I haven't gained a ton, but it's hard going from, you know, uh, you know, striations and veins and stuff like that to less and less veins, less and less striations. Uh, and especially for me, more so, uh, more fat covering up my midsection and, you know, more so fat coming into my, my love handles for me, my legs and my arms have held definition, but it's really hard for me to watch, like, especially my ab veins disappear and, uh, you know, the definition there kind of going away. So, you know, it, it did take a lot for me to mentally swap from prep because I was in prep mode for like three months straight. So swapping from prep mode into like bulk mode or like rebound mode. Uh, in order to kind of accept that it's, I'm going to lose not, yeah, I'm going to lose the definition and gain some fat. It's going to happen. So we want to talk about like, how do you swap mentally like that? And uh, you know, what, you know, Chris off might, you know, keep in mind when he's, you know, potentially changing plans one day when he cuts and then when, you know, I'm putting on size and then how do I swap from, like even when you're putting on size, you're getting strong, you're putting on size, you're getting bigger by the day, your clothes are getting smaller. Then how do you swap from that to losing fat, losing muscle, your strength goes down, your numbers go down, you're feeling sluggish, you're feeling hungry. Like how do you swap to that as well? It's 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 difficult both ways. So, you know, I think it'd be a good conversation today about, you know, what we use and what we've seen other people use as far as strategies and kind of addressing those and kind of going from there is kind of the idea today. Yeah. And then for those who don't know, I'm also coming off yet another injury. So I'm going to 
talk a little bit about the mental yeah. side of how to, you know, keep yourself <laughs> not motivated isn't the word because we're motivated like 2% of the time now, but uh, keeping yourself yeah. disciplined through through the through the problems and then also making sure that you, you know, stay in the gym because it's very easy to just not be in the gym or if you're not in the gym, finding ways to stay active when you're at home or whatever. So we'll touch on a couple different things. Um, Paul, with your leaving, leaving prep and going into more of your size gaining, what's your current weight and what's your like estimated goal for this bulk? Cause you're on the, you're on a bulk for like a little under a year, right? Yeah, essentially the plan is um, putting on size for a year. That's just what coach said. Whether or not that means we're going to hit a show summer next year, I'm not sure. My prediction is um, an eight-week rebound, which would be from – be about till middle of October roughly. Um, so we're today we'd be – we're just about six weeks out from that roughly. And then – so two weeks ago is my show. Six weeks from now would be eight weeks from the show. So roughly six weeks from now um, is when we're going to stop the rebound. We're going to do probably a four-week PCT uh, post-cycle therapy just because we've been on pretty hard anabolics. It's, I mean, not a lot, but you know we've been on it uh, for for about a year now by the time I hit this PCT. So it be good to clean out. Um, it's going to suck um in pct i'm fine during pct but then afterwards it sucks um because you're so used to feeling enhanced you know you're used to feeling like literally like a superhuman that going back to normal feels like shit um so after pct probably like my guess is like six weeks off just cleaning out being clean and then getting into a blast for probably three three months maybe four months at the most and then getting into another prep is my guess. So realistically, I think kind of where I'm seeing this going is like starting my blast, like middle to end of December, probably. And then that's when we're really put on some size. And then three, four months from there is probably when we will pull back and start a prep for the next show. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, the goal is really just size right now. Uh, and we're in rebound phase right now. So like I'm absorbing basically everything I take in, um, the week after the show. So last weight weigh in was last Saturday. So every I'm weighing on Saturdays now, now that we're in rebound it's is not imperative that I do weigh-ins every day or a couple times a week or whatever it is. So we do once a week weigh-ins now. And, uh, last Saturday I was, um, 191.5 or something like that, I think. And then, uh, this week, I think I was 192.3. So I'm up like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 pounds. So I put on a lot of water and a lot of weight right away uh, because I was so depleted. And now we're we're going in the direction that we want to go in. You know, 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 pounds a week is, is, is pretty good considering that I'm not putting on a ton of fat or water anymore. And especially based off my arms and my legs, I'm holding definition pretty well. And I still got all of my abs. Um, it's just not as defined as it was before. So that's kind of where we're at now. Um, and that's the plan for the next year or so is just putting on size ultimately. Cause that's, that's my biggest critique from the judges besides conditioning. It's just, I need to, I need to build a bigger back is really my biggest focus. I think for this rebound for, for this bulk is my back. Yeah. So weight's kind of on the secondary. It's more so just overall size. 
Yeah, I mean, the weight scale, yes, it plays a role in the grand scheme of things because it's not going to matter as much going from like weigh in to weigh in. It's more about like, okay, the past eight weeks for the rebound, we've gone from this weight to this weight. And this is the photos we've done from the beginning to the end. It's like the bigger picture. Um, that's more so what the weight does. The photos is more so what matters um, with every single weigh in. Same with the show, like more so the photos than anything. And more so how you're looking. The mirror is really what matters. So in the grand scheme of things, ideally, I want to gain like as little amount of weight per week while taking in as much food as possible. And the reason I say that is because whatever weight I do put on, if I'm gaining a little bit of weight, would be ideally muscle and then keeping fat relatively low or potentially even losing fat at certain periods uh, would be great. Uh, that way we can keep conditioning pretty low or pretty good and then building muscle alongside that. So that way, when we start my prep next year, I'll be in a good conditioning spot to be ready for a prep where we don't have to push it super hard. You know, we got 12 solid weeks to just kind of slowly deficit our way down you know, slowly increase cardio and then, you know, push it for like two to three weeks at the end and then crush the, uh, the, the show, you know, like that's the goal right now. So really it's just the mirror, the photos that's, that's ultimately it at the end of the day. And, and I can see the size getting put on, you know, I'm, I'm a lot bigger now than I was ready for my show and I'm a lot more full. So that's something weird to me. I'm so used to being flat. It's weird feeling full. Yeah. And I was going to say like, for this first little bit, like, yeah, it's going to suck losing the definition and losing what you're used to seeing. But I think that give like a month or two and seeing the size build back in and filling out all your clothes again, I think that's really going to, yeah. you know, change the mindset on this. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at now. Like I've seen guys like, uh, so there's, so this is kind of what I wanted to talk about was like, it was so fucking hard to put in so much effort and put on you know so much stress and so much stress on my family and so much you know effort in the gym and cardio and food and all of that to then start seeing the definition going away and in quotations the effort and all the work going away um that was really hard for me for the first like probably like 10 days after the show um and i was looking back and i know part of it too i know now thinking about it retro retroact or retrospectively is that um if you guys see the video i'll be posting the videos on youtube soon um you'll see my tan uh last week and then you'll see my tan this week and it's like my tan's completely gone now at this point i'm white as a ghost um so i know that part of gaining you know part of my mindset was also that i was losing my tan because you know uh my wife mentioned a quote she saw in the past which was uh if if you can't tone it tan it and it's the reality. Tan, tan really does like add so much to the way you look. So I am going to start tanning once I get paid again next month. Um, so I'll, I'll get back into it and, and consistently tan and all of that, get a good base coat and, you know, get some tan in there because that sucked too, like losing the tan because your tan really does make you look, you know, a lot better. And, and it's not so much the tan the day of the show because it's super fucking dark. It was like one of my favorite days for the tan was a couple of days after when I flew up to Massachusetts, like there was a couple of showers in a little bit of a exfoliant. And it was just like, it was a nice coat, you know, it was, it was pretty even, um, not super dark, not super light. It was nice. So like that, that sucked watching it go away too. Um, 
but yeah, it just, it's a lot. And, uh, it's something to, um, you know, you got to deal with mentally because it, that's why, like, it, like when people say, when guys say anabolics are addictive, it's not, you're, you're not addicted to them while you're on it. You realize how much you want it when you're off it. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's like when you're on it, you feel fine. You feel normal. This is how you normally feel. And then you get off everything and it's like, holy fuck, I feel like shit. I want to get back on. And that's, what's addictive about it. Same, same with like, you know, prep and any phase you're in as far as the gym goes is that it's addictive until you're, you don't realize how addictive it is until you're done it. And prep really was addictive. Um, afterwards after the fact because i was seeing fat come off every single day and you know the the thing that would fascinate me was every day every night when i go up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night i'd put my my hand on my stomach and when i crunched to get up out of my bed i'd see i'd feel the difference every single night in how much fat was was there when i was doing the, like my crunch to get up and that was a super cool feeling um and like a sense of accomplishment where now that's going away. You know, I feel more and more fat essentially there, more, more definition loss there every single night. Um, but what's helped is that I see guys who essentially like I look up to in the industry and see where they're at now versus when, you know, they were hitting a show or something and it made me feel a lot better. You know, I've seen pros where, you know, they're not too, too far out from a show, like, you know, a few months, six months, maybe. And they went from being peeled, like just absolutely fucking diced on the pro stage to now having like no abs, you know, it's like, it just, it made me feel a little bit better because even the pros are kind of going through the same thing that I am. Uh, so that helped, you know, guys I compete against, um, putting on size and losing their definition made me feel a bit better too. Um, because everybody puts on fat differently. So it's like, yeah, my abs are going away quicker, but then like comparisons to Thief of Joy, but one of the things that I am pretty happy about is that my arms, my chest, and my legs have held definition really well. And I could see that in the differences against other people that I've competed against. It's like, okay, where are they at now? And I'm like, okay, I think based off where they were at when they were at my stage, my arms, my legs are a bit more defined, but then they have better abs than I do. So it's like, you know, it's just the reality of the the game is that you you end up comparing and contrasting with other people and seeing how other people go through the phases because what's so hard about it too as far as comparison goes is that everybody's different and you know i put on fat in a very different way than other people do and every i mean everybody puts on fat differently than anybody else does but for me it's it's very different than anybody else and it's harder for me to like compare and contrast because i can't be like oh this person's just like me so like this is what I would look like at this stage or whatever. Like, cause there's not really anybody I could really say that like puts on fat the same way I do or anything like that. Cause it's like my, like I'll have love handles, you know, and like lower belly fat. But then all of a sudden, like I got a spider web of veins through my calves at any given time. It's like, it's just weird. You know, it's hard for me to find like something equivalent. So that was hard as well. And then, um, just accepting that like even after multiple years of effort to step on stage, we're still not quite where we want to be and still not at the stage of winning shows. But, you know, I've come to accept that more. But the thing that really got me through accepting, putting on weight, putting on size and fat and all of that was uh, was a Rich Piana quote. 
which I heard it. It's basically an eight-hour arm workout. Yeah, that's all I needed. That's it. Oh, busted. (laughs) Eating a cookie on the way to the gym. This is a snack. This doesn't count. This is a yummy snack. That was it. That's all I needed. It's a 450-calorie cookie, not counting. Um, So what the quote was from Rich was – Excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm just getting over a cold here. Um, the the quote from Rich was, uh, I don't care who you are, you leave your ego at the door, right? And he goes, I don't care if you're bigger or leaner than someone else, it doesn't make you better than who they are. And yep. I heard that backwards where it was like, that's true. Don't get me wrong, that is 100% true. But for me, I, I applied it backwards where whenever I see someone bigger or leaner than me, I'd be like, what's the point? Why am I even trying? You know, like, why am I even going through this if they look better than me and they're going to beat me on stage? What's the point? You know, so it's like, just because they're bigger or leaner than me doesn't necessarily mean one, that they're better than me or anybody's better than anybody else or two, doesn't mean that it negates any of the effort that I've put in myself, you know, because everybody has, you know, their own issues they got to deal with. And just because he might look bigger or leaner doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't have his own insecurities like I do or have his own doubts or anything like that, you know? So that's the way I heard that, that line. And it's like, and he, he also said, um, we're all in this shit together, like a motherfucking family. And it's like, like I'm very competitive, but it is true. Like when, when I'm on stage and when I'm at the show, I'm here to beat you. I'm here to beat you. There's no, in between like we're not friends i'll chat but we're not friends I'm, I'm trying to beat you on stage but then after the show we're in the gym you know we're on that grind then i truly do see us as like essentially a family you know like we're all in the sport that we love that nobody else will ever understand and could never really understand we can't really explain it to anybody you just have to kind of get it you know it's just like like that's that also resonated with me too is that it's like I'm so competitive, even off stage. It's like hard for me to accept that. Hey, I mean, it's okay if somebody's better than you, or if it's okay if you're better than them, or or it's okay if like they go to beat you on stage just be- and they put in less time and effort. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it comes down to the the effort that you put in. And some people will have more talent in certain things, and some people will, will have better genetics, but at the end of the day, it's, it's what effort you put in and, and you making the most of what cards you were dealt. Uh, so that, you know, all of that kind of came flooding to me like Tuesday, Wednesday this week. And that, like, that's when I became like, okay with putting on size and okay with the program right now. So that was a lot, that was a lot for me to, uh, to recognize and to accept, you know, it's, it's a lot mentally. So you can always tell when there's a rich Piana quote, because it's either super out of pocket or you're swearing in it. So even though it's like well, a real deep quote, it's yeah, the, 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 the motherfucking part. Yeah. That was, you can always yeah. tell it's Rich Piana. Yeah. Um, he was so ahead of his time. It's so sad. We lost him. He like he six, seven years ago, he was saying shit that like applies to guys today. Like we didn't understand it at the time, but like we get it now. You know what I mean? It just, it sucks. We lost yeah. him. Rest in peace. Rich yeah. Piana. And uh, another thing too, with the the whole seeing people larger or seeing people bigger part, like 
if you're ever struggling with the mindset, we just have to look at the picture of Jay Cutler from uh, <laughs> whenever that was. Oh, and think about how he was feeling. Too. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that that always helps. And I know you talked about like how uh, you never miss it until it's gone. And um, like that's the whole grass is greener mindset. And um, like for me coming off this injury, like I was in bed for, you know, a good week just because I had to keep my ankle elevated and whatnot. And like, I still eat a ton, but I can't eat as much if I'm not in the gym because like in the gym, you expend all that energy and you want to eat more like your body just craves it. So I'm not eating as much. And I mean, it's still a lot, but it's not as much. And it's, you were absolutely right. Like you miss that feeling, even though in the moment you were like dreading it or you're hating it or like you're complaining your way through it. Like, you would get texts from me all the time about how I hate eating this much. Like I love eating a ton, but I hate eating this much. And now that I'm on this opposite side of things, I'm sitting here going, man, I wish I could have that because I know the strength level in the gym and how long I can work out in the gym. Like yesterday was my first actual leg day back from injury. And um, I think I did a total of like four or five movements and just crashed and just couldn't do it anymore. And, uh, like that's just because my food intake just isn't the same and I don't have that huge amount of energy and um you're right it's just missing it now that it's gone so but at the same time when you miss it now that it's gone it now gives you motivation to come back into it whenever that period comes around like when you hit your prep in a year or so from whatever you're going to be so motivated and so disciplined to get into that that it's going to be mm-hmm. even better than this past one and you have the knowledge from before, which is, you know, invaluable in comparison to anything that somebody can tell you because you know your body better than anybody else. Yeah, that's that's the other thing I've been holding on to is like I have to keep in mind, you know, we have to go through this. It's not like I can just perpetually be in prep. I can't just forever be in prep. It's not possible. It's like you have to go through these phases and, you know, bulk cutting is really at the end of the day, like the number one, you know, plan for anybody looking to compete or anybody really looking to get bigger muscular wise, but also get loose fat. It's, it's all about bulk cut. You can't really do like both at the same time. So it's like bulking now after prep, that was another thing I kept in mind was like, I'm going to put on size. I'm going to put on fat. But when I do start prep next, next year, I'm going to have way more knowledge on what to expect. We're going to have way more knowledge of what to put my body through. We're going to have way more knowledge on what my body responds to. So we're going to show up that much better. And I could look like my stage shot the morning of where I think I looked at my best was the morning of Excalibur. I could look the morning of Excalibur like four weeks out. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm holding on to is like I could look that much better way sooner and then showing up the show like just absolutely fucking dice ideally is like kind of where like I was keeping my, my mind and like at the same time it's like Jay Cutler and Lee Priest was also a couple of guys I was keeping in mind too is that no matter how dice or lean they were on stage off stage and off season which is most of the time they were borderline fat like they were fucking massive dudes and that's what I was holding on to is like not necessarily that that's how my body responds to things but they had to dirty bulk in order to put on the size. And I was holding on to that, like that photo of Jay that you mentioned, like that's exactly what I was keeping in mind is like, like he, he put his body through that and he put his mind through that so that 
when he starts his cut or prep for the Olympia, 12, 16 weeks out, whatever it was, he had the size that he needed. All he had to do is just trim the fat back. Um, so I was keeping that in mind. And I was like, kind of, I'm kind of getting at this point, like excited to kind of get a little buff uh, on versus like being a prep. Cause like during prep, I remember you remember, you probably remember too, like, you tell me how much you're eating or what you're eating, whatever. And I'm like, fuck, I'm so jealous. Like, yep. I wish I could have that. And then all of a sudden afterwards, I'm like, I don't even want any of this shit. I just want my, my definition back. I want to go back to the stage and all of that. But it's, uh, it, it's, there's a, I, there's gotta be a quote for it, but it's like, you, you, you really only ever, sometimes you just want what you can't have. You know what I mean? And it's, that's this reality too. It's like, sometimes you just want what, you lost, you know, and it's, it's hard, it's hard, but mentally you'll get through it and you'll end up on the other side and then you'll get motivated. So now I'm motivated to put on the size and put on the strength and all of that. And the gym has been a lot more fun. Now food's been a lot more enjoyable. Um, life in general is way better mentally. I'm just way better placed mentally than I was before. Uh, and quality of life is in a lot better place too. So, um, all of that adds to it too, to, to try to keep me motivated. Like I, was emotionally dead for like three months straight there. And I didn't realize it until I had that five guys meal the night before the show and all of my emotions came rushing back. It was like a waterfall. It was just like everything that was pent up over the past three months just came flowing out of me. And uh, like, that's the other thing I keep in mind too, is that like, I'm no longer emotionally just drained all the time. Uh, I have all the emotions I need. I have, you know, the happiness, you know, this, this, the, the bad side, like the sadness and stuff like that, that I'm supposed to have. And I have like the dopamine and all of that as well. So it's like, I'm a much better place mentally than I was during prep. You know what I mean? I was going to say, did coach put Adderall back in? I put it back in. Um, I I'll take it out for prep if that's what it calls for. But if we're in the off season and we're not prepping for a show, I'm putting it back in. It's basically like an antidepressant. Essentially. It's like, you're basically asking me to be depressed and it's like, yeah. I, I'll do that going into a show to, to hit the show better. But when we're not trying to lose fat or keep off fat as much as possible, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put my mind through that or keep putting my mind through that. Cause then what, like, if you think about it, it's like, okay, yeah, we're trying to keep off fat right now, but put on muscle. But also when are we not doing that? You know, like when, when would I add it back in? There really is no point to be like, yeah, now is the time to add it back in. Let's put on some fat. You know what I mean? It's, there's no time like that. It's, I'm just going to put it back in because my mind needs it. And being back at home, you know, last week I was on it too. Couldn't really tell the difference too, too much because I wasn't in my element. I wasn't on my routine. You know, I wasn't at home, nothing like that. So like my mind was kind of all over the place, but now that I'm back home, and on a routine, working from my normal desk, you know, hitting the gym, my normal times, all of that, and taking my Adderall at the time I'm supposed to take it, my quality of life is so, so much better. I enjoy life just in general now. I enjoy doing things. So um, it really does make a big, big difference in my life. And I think another thing too, like you're obviously in the side of things where you like creating content and like you have your socials and you post like either physique updates or yeah. especially on like your Snapchat, you'll give different rants on like things that can be improved in the gym world and whatnot. And one of the things like when we see that picture of Jay, when he was in that extreme 
I mean, I've put extreme obesity. Like that's that's where it got it huge. Yeah. yeah, and he was a big content creator too. But we never see any videos of him creating content in that size. So mm-hmm. when you go into this next period, like that's even like obviously I don't think either of us will ever do better than what Jay did. But I'm saying like you have the opportunity to like embrace it and still produce that kind of content while having that physique change and you're diff- in a different mindset. Like I'm willing to bet that during that time when he was in that size, he wouldn't make content one because he didn't want people seeing him like that. And two, he probably didn't like seeing himself like that either, but you have this opportunity to have, you know, people still see the physique and you can embrace it and just allow yourself to still make content while like, like, improve uh building more size on and losing definition and just being very open and transparent about it yeah i think like you got you make a good point there because it is true like it's so hard to find like like everybody a lot of guys that i know a lot of guys that i follow they they repost a lot mm-hmm. of their stage shots and their prep shots and shit like that because that's where they feel they look their best but like, if you think about it in Jay's perspective, like there wasn't really any social media then. There wasn't really like you know cell phone cameras, nothing like that. So like the occasional photo, like that photo of him was taken definitely from like some sort of like either digital camera or like disposable camera or something like that. Like it was like something that they had to like like do on purpose, right? It's not like yeah. they just could whip up my phone and take it. Like they had to grab the camera, turn it on, turn it to flash, stuff like that. Like they had to take a second to actually do it. Um, and be, and on top of that a lot of videos and stuff like that of Jay from that time were from professional cameramen and professional magazines and all of that. And they don't want to record him when he's looking like that. They want to record him when he's as close to the show as possible, when he's looking his best. Um, So yeah, he was able to hide it a bit more. And today guys hide it. There's so many ways guys hide it now. Um, You know, guys will wear pants even in the summer, they'll wear pants to the gym go to an AC gym so they could wear pants. A lot of them were wear hoodies or just a big thing that um, you'll start to notice too is you'll have two different guys. I'm on the side of what kind of Jay had in mind was like, he always lifted with the least amount of clothes possible so that he could see, you know, the muscles working and what he's working on and all of that. And I truly believe in that. Like I want to be able to, like even with arms, like I'm wearing a stringer or something like that, even on arms, when it doesn't really make much of a difference if we're a t-shirt or for or a stringer for arms. I'm in the mirror flexing, you know, posing, stuff like that, watching the muscles work. But then you'll have guys where they wear pants for leg day or like they wear a t-shirt on chest day, stuff like that, because they feel more so that they need to hide, you know, their bulking side or hide the lack of definition when they're not, you know, in prep and someone who does that is Sean Clarita, um, you know, the giant killer. He is in sweat short sweatshirt and sweatpants pretty much every single time he fucking trains. Nobody actually knows what he looks like until like he basically steps on stage, um, which I can understand from his point of view because he's trying to beat the bigger guys and he doesn't want anybody to be able to like try to beat him. But when you're talking about guys who aren't pro yet or guys who are just pro and not going for the Olympia stage, stuff like that, they hide a lot of the definition just because of insecurities and all of that. And it's hard because it's like they keep reposting all their stage shit, you know, all their, when they look their best, but it's like, dude, you don't look like that most of the time. Most of the time 
nine months out of the year, you look like what you do now. You know what I mean? When they're wearing shirt and sweatpants in the gym. It's like that. This is how you look most of the time. Why not show that too? You know, so like that's my thing too is like now that you mentioned it, I will keep posting, you know, as as I put on size and all of that and um, put on fat and everything because most of the time I will have fat on me more so than way more so than prep. So got to keep that side going at least just to be transparent and show the reality of what bodybuilding really is. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like what gives you a leg up mentally at least. And like that's why I preface like neither of us will ever probably attain what he did physically, but mentally you probably have the leg up in that situation. Um, and you know, as time progresses and you get more like advanced and deeper into your career, there is probably going to be the, the opportunities of other photographers coming in or video videographers coming in and doing work with you, like in like your peak form. And then for the whole off season, your cameraman is yourself because <laughs> they won't yeah. even touch you. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. That'd be great if people wanted to, to photograph or video, video me or something like that. It'd be great. But my dream, one of my dreams is to be on uh, like Flex Magazine or like Muscle uh, muscle and Fitness or something, like to be the cover one day. That's one of my dreams. It's, it's a stupid dream now because not many people read magazines. I was going to say magazines up, in like 10 years from now, well, I'll be surprised if people even know what they are. Yeah, I, I grew up reading like or like seeing those in the bathroom and stuff like that at home, like because that's what my dad would read before like you know, before there was like digital books and stuff like that. He would read those magazines, you know, yep. when he was going to the bathroom. So it's like I've always kind of associated like you really made it if you were on one of those magazines. And that was a big goal for a lot of guys back in the day, like Jay, you know, Dorian Yates, you know, Lee Priest, Ronnie Coleman, all those guys, like they had a goal of being on those magazine covers. Um, so I mean I would love to be on one one day. That'd be great. Well, that was also the primary form of, of basically yeah. social media. So nowadays it's more like becoming like a, a, a I know it gets oversaturated and kind of cliched, but now it's kind of like being a cover athlete or a uh, like brand ambassador, like a, like a head one is that's kind of like the new magazine is just in terms of viewership yeah. and getting your own image and brand out there. Like, I mean, I know we talk about Redcon all the time, but like, getting like uh like sebum is with um uh no it's not rise it, oh, it is raw rise. no raw. it's raw. He, it, raw but he does own part of it he is one of the three owners now yeah. he bought ownership in it but that's my point like you you get like brand deals now and that's kind of where yeah. the like there were brand deals before but that wasn't where the publicity was you know what i mean like right. you would just do it to kind of increase your portfolio and have a bigger business side of things but now that's actually shifted to like where the actual publicity is cuz like mm -hmm. the amount of people who know bodybuilder names just based off of products that they see on the shelves is probably a lot higher than it was way back when like in like you know 90s when the magazine was the big thing um so that'll be i mean of course if if you make the magazine that's great but the 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 future is probably shifting too with it as we progress yeah yeah i mean the the big thing right now everybody's trying to do i mean it, it's so it, it's more so slowed down the past few years is everybody's trying to get sponsored and and like endorsed and all of that the thing is is when you have like the true money behind fitness and all of that is social media now is less so competing. It used to be about competing. It used to be whoever was best on stage and that's who got all the attention. Um, now, so it's more so 
social media and there's a lot of pressure on guys who look a certain way. It's like, that's why like David Lade has looked the same for the past like fucking six years because he has this look, he has his brand, you know, his brand image and that's his physique. So you have to look, he basically looks the same because that's what built up his fame. So why change that? Um, there's not many guys who built up a platform based off their look and then changed their look. Um, there have been a few. Um, there's one of, I can't remember that. There's one of the guys who used to train in Jersey, I think with David Lade. I, for, I forget, Connor, or is it Derek? Or, I forget, I forget. He's a client of someone's. It might have been Terrence Ruffins at one point. I forget. Anyways, the point is, um, when you have a bright image as your physique and people know you by that physique, you're not going to want to change it. And that's another problem with social media. It's a lot of pressure to keep that going. And even in bodybuilding, I don't have many followers at all on Instagram. I got a little over a hundred. That's not a lot as a sh fucking nothing, but I always feel that I want to post what I look the best. Um, and I don't want to backtrack at all, but that's also part of like what I've been trying to post is as well as that, like you're going to put on size and you're going to gain size and all of that. And I just can't stand it when guys will post stage shots, you know, 10 times over six months. It's like, dude, you hit the shit six months ago. Like you'd nowhere near this level of conditioning. And on top of that, you're, you gain five pounds of muscle since then. Like you're a completely different size. Like why not post where you're at now? you know, embrace the bulk, embrace the, the gaining of fat, because that's what your body needs. Your body needs that in order to put on the size. And like, that's the other thing too, is like, when you're, it's, it's a harder problem coming off a of bulk than it is coming off a of prep, but it's enjoyable to see the strength going up. You know, it's enjoyable for me to see my energy levels going up. Like I'm destroying my logbook this week. Uh, just fucking mutilated it. Uh, it was, it's night and day, my, my strength levels. And it's like on top of just adding weight, it's also like the reps just keep coming, you know, they, they don't stop, you know, I'll be lifting like the same weight, for instance, where before I failed at 10, I'll hit 10 and I'm like, damn, this is heavy. But then I get like four more, like no problem. You know, mm. it, it just keeps coming, coming off a of bulk. That's very difficult to deal with because your strength goes away. All, all the weight you've built up as far as lifting goes, goes away when you start prep and when you start a cut. So like that's difficult in that aspect where, you know, you're benching, let's say like, you know, 275 or something for eight. And then all of a sudden, you know, four weeks into prep, you're like barely doing 225 for eight. And it's like, well, I just, I was destroying this before. Like this is my warm up before. What the fuck's going on? And, you know, that's hard to deal with. On the opposite end, uh, that's one of the harder mental battles when you're doing that. And then also on top of that, when you go from a – I mean, ideally you don't cold turkey anything. But when you're going from a bulk to a cut or a prep, it takes a couple of weeks to kind of transition. But when you're transition, you're like, man, I really just took being – you know, eating a lot of food for granted. And I know that that's going to be the reality for you, stuff when you go to do your cut one day it's you're going to be like fuck i took that for granted i'm like yeah welcome to the game bro you're gonna be hungry all the time and mm -hmm. chewy's in prep now for his nationals in december and he's two weeks in he said something about being hungry and i'm like yeah dude it's perpetual hungerness like you're just you're always hungry there's never 
your body always wants food. Like there's never like when you're bulking and you're force feeding and stuff, like there's times where you just don't want to even look at food or think about food. <laughs> you're going to throw the fuck up. You know, if you have like a good cheat meal, like that sun, the day after my show, I just didn't even want to think about food. I had so much fucking food. I was like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to look at it. Nothing. Uh, when you're in prep and you're in a cut and you're hungry, it's the opposite. All you do is think about food because you always want food. And you're like, fuck, I'm, I take it for granted how much I was eating before and how much energy I had and how much little food I wanted. You know, if you're eating enough where you have to force feed, you don't want anything besides what's on your plan because you have to force feed it, you know? So it's all just a mental game. That's all it is. Yeah. And I think you also mentioned a really good point about the uh, social media, like the, the mental battle that comes with that, because like that's where the publicity is and focusing on, you know, making sure you produce content that people want to see. So not ever posting bulk stuff or the point that I'm going to make is people who just never, like you mentioned people who never change their physique, but there's people who like year round, like, I mean, this is one of the things that probably took out Joe aesthetics because he stayed that crazy lean year round. Yeah. And that's just not possible. Like he was probably what, like three, 4% body fat the entire year. Like mm-hmm. he had, permanent striations permanent i mean i know his his alien gains thing is because of the electrolyte deficiency but like the the being able to do that like you can't you you can't do that if you have bulk size on you know what i mean mm-hmm. so and then like the guys like i mean i know you don't like eubanks um eubanks stays his size he's been in his size like I've never seen him in anything but that. Like, you know what I mean? It's like this like the perfect same, yeah. physique. Yeah. And then um, Noel Diesel, like he's this massive bodybuilder. He's got so much size and I've never seen him bigger or smaller. Like it's it, like, there's just these guys who, because of the publicity and the image they've created, like I, they, they must mentally feel like they can't change. And that's got to be grueling in itself. I think for Noel, I think he's the only one that kind of is a little separate because his content, yes, it it did kind of rely on him being big, but it wasn't because of him being big. It was the message that he was portraying a lot of time when there was videos of him, when he got was getting big and it was all those like TikToks and YouTube shorts and shit that he's putting out. He was wearing a stringer and it was like shoulders up, you know? So like you could tell he was big. And then also I think at the same time, he doesn't need to change his physique too much because he's also not competing anymore. I think he was at one point competing and especially at his size, there's no point of being that big if you're not competing. Uh, so I think he's done competing and that's also why he hasn't really changed too much. And like Jay Cutler is kind of in the same place. Like he's kind of stayed the same over the past like decade and he's just been trying to, I think he's just kind of trying to hold on to as much muscle and keep off as much fat as possible over the past you know decade just to maintain at his age. Uh, but he still looks phenomenal for his age. Jay does at least. Um, he could clean so, the floor with like most young guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He looks great. He still has abs, all that. He's still fucking huge. So like that's part of it for them at least is just uh, maintaining because they've gotten to the point where they're kind of, we're at their peak. So they're like, all right, let's just kind of like stay here as much as we can. And that's my goal too, is like when I go to retire one day from bodybuilding, my goal isn't to just lose all my size, ideally. Like, I want to be able to hold on to as much as I can. Like, I'll still train. I'll still eat all of that. Um, I just won't compete anymore. You know, I won't put my body through that. So, it'll still be... Oh, excuse me. 
Um, it'll still be part of who I am, still be part of my lifestyle, but I just won't put my body through prep or anything anymore when I do retire from competing one day. So I think that's kind of where Noel's at. He's kind of like, let's just try to hold on to this as long as I possibly can. And once it gets to the point where I have to like, I'm getting diminishing returns and how much effort I put in just to maintain it, then I'll start accepting that there's some loss there. And Dorian Yates kind of had to go through that where he was so massive. And then now he's like an, almost like a normal guy, basically like he's still in great shape for his age, but if you like, I wouldn't necessarily believe you if you told me he was one of the best Olympians of all time looking at his physique. Now it's just because of his age. Um, and he had to kind of accept like right after he retired like, he kind of lost like all of his size because he was just done, you know, he was done doing it. And he had to, ex- he was talking about that. I think on the Joe Rogan podcast where he just kind of like accepted it. And was just like, this is the reality of the situation. You know, I pushed my body hard enough as it is. Uh, it's now time to just focus on just living longevity and living for my family. And I think that's also going to be another motivator too down the road is that um, I don't want to like have to put myself through so much shit and lose years off my life if I don't get to watch my grandkids, you know, get married or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like I want to be able to be there for that. So longevity is also a goal of mine. That's why this isn't forever um yeah and yeah so that's that's kind of just adding on to the mental side of things as far as mindset behind competing and all of that yeah and then i mean there's also the added mindset to an added pressure for anybody who makes it you know olympia big and doesn't you know cold turkey and leave the the game right away like for the guest appearances that happen because Ooh, like if someone yeah. pays you like ten, fifteen thousand dollars to come to a guest appearance, even if it's off season, you have to bring in something that people will actually like enjoy seeing. Like if if Jay, for example, brought in that the 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 physique of him in that picture, he would have been like they would have get taken the money back. They would not have paid ten thousand dollars to see that. that. No, I want to see and, fucking massive Jay. <laughs> I, I, agree, I agree, but I think in the moment nobody would want to would have wanted to see that. You know what I mean? Yeah, they want to see Lean J. They want to see Olympia J. Yeah, yeah. Like if it's a fitness convention and they're bringing in because Jay also was super involved with his with his brands, like even when he was competing. So like if it was like some yeah. kind of function where his brand is making a big like either sponsorship or some kind of like appearance at this event he needs to bring in some kind of a package that is representative of that brand and that applies for anybody who gets these guest appearances like um i'm blanking on the guy's name but it was uh at jay's birthday this past uh month or two months ago and he came in and did that guest posing with alongside jay um i don't know if you saw this video but i had to look it up there was, I, it was one of the guys from Generation Iron. Um, I'm blanking on his name real bad, though. But he he brought in, like, you know, you can tell he was in off-season form, but he still had a great package that he brought. And he, you know, was up there on stage. There was still on, Heath and Regan Grimes. At Regan a, Grimes, that's who I was talking about. Yeah, yep. this is, yeah, so this guy posted about it. Yeah, so Regan Grimes, yeah, that's fucking yeah. sick. But so my point being, yeah, and my point being is that he isn't in like Olympia form right now, um, and he's clearly in off-season form. Like you can tell, he still looks great, but he's not like you know peak physique or anything like that. Right. But you have to bring in some kind of a 
good look if you're doing these guest things and that added pressure mentally must be you know overwhelming because you're like i just want to have a bulk <laughs> i just want to you know get off of this and start performing better in the gym because with a bulk you perform better in the gym and like just wanting to do that but can't do it because of these added pressures yeah i mean the other thing too is there's very few guys whose bodies agree with a dirty bulk like that Jay was the exception. That's why he spent so much money as he did on food. And that's been, you know, still going viral to this day where he spent 50, he came out and he said he spent 50 grand a year on food. And a big reason of that is because he was getting fast food, like literally McDonald's, like every other day um, and just a fucking gigantic meal. Because when you're bulking, like I can attest to this firsthand uh, when you're bulking and you eat more food, this is just reality is that your your stomach stretches out, right? Your stomach stretches out so that it can, it can take in more food. That's why I tell you it sucks to force feed, but the more you force feed, the less you have to force feed later um, because your stomach will stretch, right? It's going to stretch. It's going to adapt to the food that you have to take in and you're going to get used to it. So in prep, your stomach shrinks because you have such a little amount of food your body gets used to that and therefore allows less food to be more filling. So for Jay, when he was in his peak bulk, when he was getting these McDonald's cheat meals, he'd load up on tons of fucking food because his, his stomach can hold it. You know, his body can hold it and utilize it. So like that was a big part of like what his money was spent on for food was just simply McDonald's or something like that, you know, cheat, cheat meals. Um, so to add even more to what you were saying, guest posing, yeah, that's that's you got a good point there. There were there a lot of bodybuilders do because they're especially men's open guys. A lot of their uh, muscle bellies are so large, even if they put on a lot of a lot of fat, they still look lean. Eddie Hall is, is kind of an example of that with his abs. His ab wall is just so fucking massive. Even with all the fat that he has, he still has abs. It's not well. Eddie abs. Eddie Hall is making an O appearance this year. We all know that. <laughs> Eddie Hall has really <laughs> gone downhill. Let's just say that. Um, but His content is so funny, though. I can't. I yeah, die he, every time. <laughs> he does make some comedic posts. I did see this. So this this Instagram I follow Monday Iron. I've been following since like he was like a thousand followers. Like I've been following for a long time. He posted about how. <laughs> Um, so like Jay went and saw like, did you see that like Brian Shaw wax figure thing? I did. And, and Eddie so, Hall pulled down the pants. <laughs> yeah, I think so Monday Iron makes some memes, but then he also has like a weekly video where he talks about it's one, it's one guy he's somewhere around our age. He, he makes a weekly video about um, like current stuff going on in the industry. It's like 15 minutes long and it's a newsletter too. So like he has like this newsletter, this weekly newsletter. And he had a weekly newsletter where he talked about how he posted that photo. It was like a video, but he screenshotted it. And it was like Eddie was pointing at the crotch of um, Brian Shaw because there's nothing there. You know, it's a wax figurine. They don't put junk on it. And Did it get flagged he for made a meme about it. Yes, dude. And you know who <laughs> flagged it was Eddie. He fucking reported it. I'm like, dude, calm down. Like, Eddie, what the fuck? You took, you're the one who did it and you posted it too. Why are you flagging him for it? 
So I'm just like, that's yeah. fucking stupid. But anyways, <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, so when these guys do guest poses, um, Hunter Labrada is one that does a lot of guest posing. A lot of people want Hunter Labrada to do guest posing. Um, Big Rami does a lot of guest posing. There are a few different bodybuilders that do a lot of guest posing, and they charge out the fucking ass for it too. I think, I think the rumor was like ten grand or something for Hunter Labrada to do guest posing, and I'm sure that he also requires him to pay for like expenses too. Like, if you yeah, want me to guest like pose lodging. at, yeah. yeah, yeah, if you want me to fly out to fucking California to do posing for you, like, pay for my flight, my hotel, I'll pay for my food. It's part of my plan, anyways. I'll pay for my food, but like, at least pay for like me coming out there because you want me to come out there you know like i think that's kind of part of it and then also like actually stepping on the stage um i think so i think they paid him like 10 grand i don't know but whatever anyways he stepped on the stage and like he still looked like even on the in the off season he still looks pretty lean hunter lebron is pretty good at keeping his definition in check so he still looks lean on stage there was an issue where one of the guest poses he did when you when you get the tan you don't want to sweat or anything you don't want any water touching it it'll it'll uh leak like it like the the tan literally comes yeah. off and he started sweating and it started dripping so people were like what's going on what's happening like why is he like literally melting like what's happening is there something to do with steroids blah 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 Nick strength of power is like dude it's literally just tanning spray like he posted a video he's like it's just tanning spray it happens he just they put if on a were- coat that morning <laughs> and he just was sweating when he was doing posing that's it if you ever want a really really good example of what bleeding like the the tan bleeding looks like. Look up the pictures of Rudy Giuliani, uh, his his tan dye coming out of his uh, head. <laughs> that, that's the best I example I can think of. That. <laughs> it yeah, literally looks exactly. like a yeah, <laughs> yeah. It literally drips. Yeah, and it comes off. That's dude. That's fucking gross. Yeah, because that's it's it's in his hair, and that's what's coming out. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's the most like blatant, exaggerated example you can give. That's that's kind of my point. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, so it just I don't know. I I, the 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 mindset behind that too can play a role. You got a point there. I didn't think about that, but um, yeah, Big Rami puts on some size, puts on some fat, and he fucking looks (laughs) nasty in the off season. No, Big Rami brings a big package to the O, and that's what kills him half the time. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't come in defined. Yeah. <laughs> he comes in too big. It's like, dude. There's there's a reason his name's Big Rami. Like big like for for a reason. Like he's coming in big regardless of whether it's looking good or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see, like looking at his fucking guest posing, he looks massive. But oh, I mean yeah. also that's his thing. Matt, like, I can't even imagine what that's like. Like being, a, like being called, like your your nickname is big, whatever, because you're just that massive. And then yeah. you got to see like an actual like pro open bodybuilder because they are people don't realize how fucking massive these guys are. They are ginormous. Um, there's a guy who competed at Texas Pro. Is his first was it his first pro show? I think or like his first show in a couple of years because he was putting on size for a while and uh, he came back and he got fifth and then his first pro show back, which is pretty sick. That's a pretty good placing for his first show back or at least his first pro show. I don't know. It's something special. And I saw him at the uh, seminar with, um, with uh, what's his name? Oh my gosh. Why am I trying to blank on it? It's the one you went to like six Steve, months Steve ago, right? Wine Weinberger. Yeah. Why- yeah. Weinberger, you got it. 
Yeah, Steve Weinberger. So at that seminar, he was doing the men's, him and one other guy would do the men's open uh, posing. And this dude was fucking massive. I remember you texting me about that. Yeah, like, like, I didn't realize how big men's open dudes are until that. So it's like, to be called Big Rami and to be known as big among the men's open competitors. I want to see him in person because he's got to be fucking enormous. Like that's ludicrous because this guy got fifth and lost you know obviously so like to think that there's guys who look big against him it just blows my fucking mind his legs are the size of our torso (laughs) literally though and like did you see that photo i posted of uh of um james hollingshead when he was 18 i think we talked about that last week maybe i'm not sure but yeah off the top of my head i I don't know if i shared it Okay, so James Hollingshead posted a photo when he was – we did talk about it. I remember mentioning this. When he was 18 and he was fucking massive for an 18-year-old. Like like literally like me, like in prep. Like if I got to – like went back to prep and took a similar photo to him, we would look very similar. And he's seven years younger than me in that photo. Like that's how you know a dude's meant for men's open when they can get fucking massive at 17, 18 years old and just do nothing but put on muscle. That's oh, how yeah. you know you're meant for it. Um that's why I gave up on men's open. I'm like, I'm just not built for it. I just don't put on muscle like crazy, but yeah. So mentally there's a lot of pressure and really what I wanted to just talk about today was just like how to get through it and how to transition mentally from one phase to the next, because there are multiple phases you kind of go through. And for those involved with anabolics, PCT is interesting because PCT, you, you you feel normal. Your libido is through the fucking roof. Um, you feel normal for the most part, but then when you come off, you feel like shit, and like that's hard mentally to accept. You feel sluggish. You you just have no energy for shit, whatever, and you're just gaining fat. You're not making any progress in the gym. You're just maintaining for the most part. So like when I do come off everything for however long we're doing that, um, we're gonna it's gonna be like a maintenance phase, you know, like we're we just try to maintain as much as possible. Don't put on muscle. Don't put on fat. Nothing. Just just keep it the same. Just clean out. Get some blood work. Stuff like that. Then get into a blast and put on some size. Which timing wise is actually going to be fucking sick because the holidays is when I'll be starting all that. You know. So like I'll be able to really probably enjoy the holidays. Like yeah. Thanksgiving, I'll probably be able to have whatever I want during Thanksgiving. Christmas, same thing. So that's going to be sick. Um, And then I'll still be able to bulk through like winter and then I'll start my prep and look good for summer, which is going to be sick. So like timing wise, I prefer this type of timing versus any other. I don't want to be bulking through summer. uh, Ideally, most shows take place during the spring, summer and like beginning of fall anyways. So it's not like most guys bulk through the summer for the most part anyways. If you're competing, that is. Um, So I want to look good for the summer. So I was going to say that's, that's the mental side of thing where, you know, in the summer you want to look your best because most of us during the summer have our shirts off. Like, yeah, there are, there are times where guys would be like, they'll talk about how bulking in the summer sucks. Like I have to do it, but it sucks because I never want to take off my shirt, but this is what I got to do to, to compete. You know, they got to put size on for two months or two years or something, you know, during the summer they might do like a recomp, you know, some guys will do like a recomp, like, you know, eight to 12 weeks where it's not like a prep, but 
they do a cut so that they can trim the fat down and then put more size on. But that's about it. That's the extent of it. And uh, some guys just really struggle getting through summer because of that. You know, it's hard for a lot of guys, but that's the name of the game, you know? Yep. And, you know, just staying afloat. That's all it is. Like, that's why having that good support system and not yeah. comparing like the ego, like that's huge. Like not comparing because everybody's going through the different phases. Like that's just a big thing to keep in mind. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, it's comparisons to thief of joy and you just gotta be proud of where you're at and respect yourself and be proud of what you've accomplished in the past and not let anybody else's uh, physique or where they're at diminish where you're at because you know you might be comparing yourself to a guy who's got 10 years on you you know I, I lost my show to a guy who's got 13 years on me and i'll be damned if i'm not fucking pro <laughs> and destroying competition by the time i'm his age you know what i mean like yeah <laughs> you know so you just gotta you gotta be proud of where you're at and most most likely you got plenty of time almost anybody's got plenty of time to get to where they want to go so you just gotta embrace that and you know if you need a shift your mind to accept something like I had to, then you'll get through it. You just got to find that thing that clicks. And for me, it was that one quote from Rich. It just, for some reason, it just fucking clicked and that's all I needed. Um, But we all need something. And that's what it was for me. Hell yeah, man. Keep pushing. (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to wrap this one up here. We got, uh, we're going to be doing more episodes like this, um, but you'll be hearing from us in the future. Yep. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you later. Peace.